0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail. This is Justin,
1: McKenna, Samantha, and Garrett.
0: <laughs> Thank you for the roll call. <laughs> um, we are all present today, and we're excited. It is Monday, June eighteenth, and this is episode number nine of the Monday, the Monday Morning Monorail podcast.
2: Oh my! So <laughs> we just went deep into the hills of Tennessee. <laughs>
0: I was just auditioning for the Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> Happy Father's Day for those fathers out there that are listening. And, yeah. Uh, hope that you had a good one. Hope you were appreciated as you should be by your children.
2: I think that they did a good we job. We appreciated you. <laughs> I think they've done a pretty good job today. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so we, we are recording. It's still Father's Day. <sighs> yes. So uh, for us, and we're calling from the past Yes. This is a recording from the past. So if things have happened in the last 24 hours, we might not be able to talk about it. That's that's some inside baseball. <laughs> but but uh, we're going to talk about a few things today. And then just to kind of run down the agenda, we'll, we'll go through the Walt Disney World Newswire, as we like to do. We have the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And today we're going to be talking about the Frontierland shooting arcade. Yeah. And then... <laughs> And at the end of the show, we're going to start our first series, and this is going to be all about planning for a Walt Disney World vacation. Yep. And hopefully we're going to prepare you to do that planning even better than I've done it in the past, because we're going to walk you through step by step. Mm -hmm. Lots of pointers. And you have to download every episode to get the complete series. So subscribe and stay tuned. Because I, I don't know how many episodes it's going to take. could take 10, 15, 20. Who knows?
2: Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of episodes. Well, you know,
0: we, we try not to record forever, and so we have to break it up so it's not War and Peace every time people turn on an episode. Gotcha. And, I could read War and Peace. Maybe I should do that.
2: War and Ooh, Peace is
1: boring. good, though. No, I like War and Peace. Okay. Boring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I say let's go ahead and check the news wire. then. First thing on the list is I noticed this on the Disney Parks blog. There was an announcement of an event for June 24th. Morimoto Asia and the Polite Pig present Pigs in Pints, or Pigs Plus Pints, at Disney Springs. So this is going to be a one-day ticketed event where the two restaurants are coming together to present some Pan-Asian and Southern-inspired dishes. Chef Yuhi Fajinaga and James Petrak. Patrakis, I struggle with both of those, Fajinaga and Patrakis and Julie Patrakis will present a wide variety of family-friendly fusion dishes that bridge Asian and American South. And then also, guests 21 and up can enjoy craft beers from nearby breweries.
2: This sounds like my kind of party. Yeah.
0: Um, So here's some items that are going to be on the menu. Pork cheek tamales, dim sum dogs, Florida peach glazed pork belly, satay with spicy peanut sauce, pork skirt steak yakiniku tacos and house cured charcuterie will be served throughout the second floor of Morimoto Asia. A whole roasted pig will be sliced and served to guests on the upstairs patio.
2: They should really consider doing this again next month while we're there because I really think this is my kind of party.
0: Yeah and unless I missed missed some kind of earlier announcement this was just announced this past week and this event is happening next week so it's really just kind of two weeks notice for a one-day event. Uh, But if you are someone who's lucky enough to either be an Orlando resident or nearby, or you can make it there in time for this event, uh, it's going to be going on from noon to 3 p.m. on June 24th. Tickets can be purchased in advance for $55 plus tax and gratuity. Children 12 and under are 25. So I'm pretty jealous if you get to do that. That sounds pretty awesome.
2: It sounds amazing. And anything with uh, pork, it just... Makes everything taste
0: better. Everything's better with pork. While we're talking about food, let's go to an even larger food event, which is the International Food and Wine Festival Signature Dining Events opened up the ticketing process, I guess you would say, on June 14th. Now this is open for everybody to go ahead and make reservations for nine of the Epcot Signature Dining Events. Each festival event offers an exclusive, immersive, and tasty dining experience at the World Showcase restaurant. Uh, Mexican tequila lunch at La Hacienda de San Angel. Wine versus beer pairing at Via Napoli. And then Tudo Gusto is going to have an Italian regional food and wine pairing luncheon. A Parisian breakfast at Chefs de France. French family meal tradition at Monsieur Paul. The Parisian afternoon. Sandwiches, macaroons, and bubbles at Monsieur Paul. Hibachi Experience, Iron Chef at Teppan Edo. Tokyo Pairing at Tokyo Dining, Japanese Pavilion. Mediterranean Food and Wine Pairing, Spice Road Table at the Morocco Pavilion. So a lot of really cool events that you could be a part of. So get out there, because these are popular, they book up fast, and you gotta, even though we're looking ahead to October, November timeframe, you're gonna wanna go out, and if you know you're gonna be there, if you're local, snatch up your dates as you can.
2: Does any of that sound good to you guys? hmm Yeah. Do, what do you think?
0: All of it? They don't even remember what I said. No, I
2: don't. Um, I'm trying
1: to think.
0: McKenna's interested in the Mexican tequila lunch.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'm interested
2: (laughs) in the food. The Italy
1: beer versus wine pairing. I'm interested
2: (laughs) in that one, too. I figured the family would not say the hibachi because we eat that all the time. We're (laughs) frequent hibachiers. For something that's supposed to be considered a special occasion, our family likes to go to... Not our family, our family, but our uh, relatives around like to go to it every single time.
0: <laughs> yeah, we frequent the hibachi restaurant for all of our special events. So
2: I mean, it'd be cool for it to happen with an Iron Chef, though. I don't think these are Iron Chefs. They're just famous chefs. It Dad's said something Iron about
0: Chef. Iron Chef. I don't know exactly what that means, but it did say the hibachi experience, Iron Chef. So I don't know what they mean by that, but we'd have to look up the details. And you can do that if you'd like to look up the details of all these events, because maybe you don't remember everything I listed, and I said it in kind of a weird way because it's somewhat hard to read the way they listed it. Go to EpcotFoodFestival.com, and you can get all the details and make your reservations, or call 407-939-3378. And Disney Vacation Club members may call member services, which is... 1 800 900 9800. Those are just a couple events coming up. This next thing is the one that I really kind of wanted to get to. Well, actually, I'm going to switch my order around. I want to talk about this one because I'm really interested to hear what you guys might think about this. So, right now, you can enter to win a chance to stay overnight in Avatar, the land of Pandora, the land of Avatar. Basically, what it is is it's a sweepstakes where you actually get to win. A four-day, three-night Walt Disney World package, which includes airfare and accommodations for both a winner, the winner and a guest. So it's so if we win, it's just me and mommy going. But um, they, <laughs> you, you also receive two four-day Magic Your Way tickets with a park hopper option, including access to Disney VIP tour guides, two hundred and fifty dollars Disney gift card. But the main prize is that if you win, you get to spend a night in a tent on the glowing grounds, waking up to a sunrise over Pandora's floating mountains in the Valley of Moara.
2: So, would they be watching you so you don't get out of your tent and wander around the park at night?
0: I don't know. It's Here's some more details. It says, the winner will have exclusive after-hours access inside Pandora when the park is closed to the public. The winner will also receive a private ride on the Navi River Journey and Avatar Flight of Passage after the park closes. And they're, they're calling it a glamping sweepstakes because mm. it's going to be, you know... It's not just a vinyl tent they're throwing up with some sleeping bags in there. It's going to be a little fancier than that.
2: Hair dryer and straightener will be usable.
0: So, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's an interesting contest and it's an interesting prize. And I was wondering that too. After hours, the park closes. I guess it's you know time to start winding down. Are they going to be watching you to make sure you're not wandering around the Animal Kingdom Park? I would
1: want to wander around. Yeah. I want to check everything out at night.
0: It seems like the way... They're saying that you can explore pandora after hours can
1: i explore outside of pandora
0: i don't know maybe they're gonna have it somehow like gated in the armed guards on the bridge so so you can't exit pandora
2: you have your own secret service yeah person's trying to see the giraffes
0: (laughs) 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 yeah i mean they wouldn't want you like you know climbing over fences or yeah climbing onto the rides or anything like that so
1: they
0: they'd have to and you know they've got cameras around the park so,
1: but like jumping
2: into an ex- animal exhibit—yeah, something like that—can't that. do that.
0: Serious liability there.
2: Yeah, I, I bet they would have in your tent though, really cool goodies and treats and stuff. Yeah, I want to win. I want to win. <laughs>
0: Does that sound like that's something that would be fun, do you think, Garrett? Would Mm -hmm. you be interested in glamping in Pandora?
1: It sounds fun. It would be fun if it was only me, though, not like me and a guest. It's just me. (laughs) Well, I guess you could make
0: that choice. If you won, you could just be like, nope, it's just going to be me.
1: Where can I sign up for the sweepstakes? Am I allowed to sign up?
0: Uh, I think you probably have to be 18. Mm. But this is part of the new Walt Disney World D-Camp contest. So I would just recommend that you just google this because i don't have a link for it it was all over twitter if you followed us on twitter i shared the link for it so you be fo- make sure this is one of the arguments i have for you to follow our morning monorail twitter account at yep. morning monorail because i'll tweet out things like this but there were, it was all over the place so if you just google pandora walt disney world sweepstakes i'm sure you'll be able to find it camping glamping make sure you glamping. put in glamping
2: glamping's funny <laughs> Is a funny word.
0: I think glamping is just about the only kind of camping I'd be able to get you guys to do anyway.
2: I mean, I would go camping. I would I, go camping in Walt Disney World. I wouldn't go camping, only cabins.
0: <laughs> See?
2: See, I'm not as bad as the
1: children. <laughs>
0: I hope they give you lots of bug spray too, oh. being out there overnight.
1: I mean, I just got bitten. What we're in a house. (laughs) Okay, what if you're stuck there and then a hurricane?
0: Well, if there was a weather situation, I'm sure that... A
1: weather thing happens.
0: Like I said, I don't think people are going to be far away from you.
1: But I want them to be far away so I can go exploring, jump yeah. on roller coasters. Yep, and not gonna be able I'm not to do that.
0: we because the roller coasters wouldn't be running; you'd just be sitting in a train car. Well,
2: you can walk along the roller
0: coaster. Oh yeah, that's gonna—they're gonna let that happen. Yeah,
2: come on, McKenna. People do it on videos all the time. Yeah,
0: they're trespassing.
2: <laughs> yeah, come on.
0: Breaking rules.
2: McKenna is obviously not going to win, nor would she be invited if she did. <laughs>
0: yeah you've now put yourself on record as someone that well i
2: wouldn't do it but i would want to do it
0: yeah exactly
2: how about you get a job at disney and then you get to walk around at night not
0: on the still not on the roller coaster
1: (laughs) i want to walk on the roller coaster what
2: if she's like one of the engineers (laughs) then she could there's a
0: lot more that's going to go into so all right go to college for engineering Yeah, and, I then, and then you <laughs> yeah. eventually are going to be able to walk on roller coaster tracks, maybe. There you go. Yeah. All right.
1: I don't think that's worth it.
0: Uh, it seems like a lot to yeah to bite off just to walk on a roller coaster track. Last thing I want to talk about here, and I, and I really do want to get everybody's opinions on this because I think it's pretty interesting and the different perspectives that we have from our different generations. So Disney on the Disney Parks blog gave us a sneak peek this week at the Disney Play Disney Parks app which is coming to Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts. So there's an all new mobile app coming to guests at Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts this summer. You can pre-order it on the App Store and Google Play and it's free to download. The app will allow guests to play with family and friends while waiting in line for some of your favorite attractions. It says there's something for everyone to enjoy from activities that interact with select attraction queues to games that bring favorite Disney stories to life in immersive new ways. Guests can also earn and share digital collectibles when they receive themed achievements earned for experience both in the app and across the parks. And with the Disney trivia feature, family and friends can band together to see if they have what it takes to become Disney trivia masters as they discover fun facts about their favorite theme parks. The big debate here is that there are a lot of people who get very upset when you make any kind of suggestion about like using your phone to distract you while you're walking around Walt Disney World theme parks because they feel like it there's so much to see so much to appreciate so much to take in why would you be why would you want to look down at your phone when you're in a place like that you know you should be connecting with your family you should be enjoying your environment taking it all in and being in the moment I am on the side of I don't really think this is such a bad thing because I, while I don't think that people should just be walking around the parks, looking down at their phones the whole time, if you're standing in line, you you know, you guys know how I am. I like us to talk and communicate. I don't want us looking at our phones all the time, but if we're in an, like an hour long wait, yeah, if you want to play, pull out your phone and play with the play Disney parks app for like 20, 30 minutes to pass some time, I don't have any problem with that.
2: Well, and you're still connecting with your family. It says you can um, play games with your family and stuff.
0: Yeah, the trivia game. Yeah. Yep.
2: I mean, those lines can take a really long time sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially the character meet and greets. Those, like a lot of them, um, if it's someone really popular, take forever. And it's hot outside and you're tired. So anything to distract the kids from being and grumpy at mm-hmm. the moment because standing in a line is nothing there's nothing to do mm-hmm. you know
0: they're doing better about making the queues more interesting more interactive more things to look at and, and disney queues in general start to tell you the story of the ride so there's a lot to see anyway but yeah i don't know what do you think garrett are you pro play disney park app or against
1: uh i don't know i in the middle
0: do you think you'll download it when we go down there in Probably. july
1: might not use it but i'll download it what about you well i think it's cool i i like to download apps like that if they're offered for like museums and stuff because it just has extra stuff that you wouldn't get along the way and i think it's really cool to start integrating something that people have all the time on them into things like that so yeah i don't know i'm pro
0: yeah, I think, I guess you can look at it a couple of ways. If people are going to be staring at their phones, playing games the whole time anyway, what difference does it make? The other thing is, like you said, this one is built to enhance your experience in the parks. And and there are a lot of people who tour Walt Disney World solo, you know? Or or maybe there are people who, who've been a million times. And, and this is just kind of another layer of a way that they can enjoy the parks in a new way. Yeah. So... I don't know. I think there's a lot of positives to it, but I I could still see the argument of, well, you know, you're at Disney. Put your phone away. Enjoy what you're doing and be in the moment.
2: Yeah, but you can't like 100% of the time always be in the moment at Disney because it is tiring and stuff. So having something to help kind of distract all of that, it wouldn't be a bad thing. It kind of would help to decompress a little too. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think... It could turn into something really fun, especially if they're, you're doing, like, trivia and everyone's like, oh, it's this one, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It might be a lot of fun.
0: They're going to make more money on those uh, trade-in recharging packs that you can buy in the parks now.
2: Yeah, we'll yeah. go ahead and buy our own and bring them.
0: <laughs> I mean, people, are, people already burn through a lot. When you have to use the My Disney Experience app for a lot of the stuff you're doing in the parks anyway, people are burning up their cell phone batteries and they buy, you know, so they're buying in those, or they're buying... Those uh, rechargeable power packs that you can trade in anytime they're out. There's a bunch of those kiosks throughout the park. Yeah, I think I think sales are going to go up even more for those things. It's after smart
2: this. for them to sell a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, those were the big things that I wanted to talk about this week. Anything you guys wanted to add before we toss it on over to M34D? Not
2: anything
1: I can think of. No cupcakes today, McKenna. No, no cupcakes. <laughs>
0: Oh, so speaking of cupcakes, I did want to give a shout out to TTA Travelers at TTA Travelers on Twitter. So they recommended we we were talking about we're going to do some exploring, some resort exploring on the day that we get to the uh, resort in July as kind of a follow up to that conversation. They said, you know, they, they knew we'd never been to the Grand Floridian, but we should go check out the Wilderness Lodge because they feel like it's really underrated and has the best hotel lobby. I was like, yeah, I've heard a little bit about that, and maybe we can get over there. But the big selling point was the Campfire Cupcake. We looked into that, and if that's not something that you've ever experienced or know much about, this Campfire Cupcake, yeah. It's, it's really cute. It, it's, it's cool looking. It's got, you know, it's a chocolate cupcake, and on the top they've got a little fire made out of icing surrounded by these little candy rocks, and then they've got a little marshmallow on a stick. That yeah. looks like it's roasting over the over the campfire.
2: That looks adorable. It I bet looks, it's tasty, too. Oh, yeah.
0: It looks really good. And you can get it at, the, at Roaring Fork at Disney's Wilderness Lodge. Um, that and the Froze is a reason to go over to the Wilderness Lodge, right?
2: Yeah. I'm really digging the Froze I yeah. really want to try that.
0: I can't remember. Did we talk about that last time? Did we bring up the Frosé? Or was that something we discovered this week?
2: I don't know. I
0: think that was a this week discovery.
2: So the Frosé is... Rose wine and vodka, Tito's vodka. So Mm -hmm. it sounds pretty good. Yep. A little high in alcohol content, so you have to be careful with that. Mixing wine and liquor, (laughs) probably not the best idea. (laughs) More than two is probably not a good idea. Yeah, I
0: think it's one of the things you can get from the little pool bar at the Wilderness Lodge. So If you were hanging out by the pool, that'd be a nice refreshing drink to have. Exactly. Well, on that note, I think we'll wrap up the Newswire, and we're going to send things over to Landon and me at M34D. So stay with us. To the monday morning monorail this is disney deep dive with the dawes joining me today is our good friend at l-a-n-d-o-z on twitter it is landon the dawes Done. welcome in landon
3: yeehaw well let me tell you something partner i'm over here coming out of tombstone arizona shooting me some targets dog
0: well, you know, that seems appropriate because today on M34D, we're gonna be talking about an attraction that takes you right back to Tombstone, Arizona. And that, my friends, is the Frontierland shooting arcade. Pew, pew
3: lootin' pew, living, let me tell you something. Thirty-five <laughs> shots for one d- <coughs> Okay, I can't keep that. I'm sorry.
0: <coughs> I like it though. It's 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 very carnival barker esque, and it feels appropriate for this attraction because this is the first one that we've talked about. That really is something that's that's a little more, I mean, we've talked about a few things that have been unique in the Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom, but this one, I don't think, I can't think of another example of a game where you get to walk up, you pay some additional fee, and then, you know, you've got an objective like this. Like, I, I, I'm sitting here trying to think really quick. Um, the only thing I can come up with is uh, going to the mini golf course and paying for mini golf. Other than that, Uh, you know usually your whatever you you're going to do at magic kingdom is included with the price of admission but not for this
3: Mm, nope one (laughs) dollar 35 shots everybody
0: yeah Uh, and you
3: should be thankful you get 35 dollars for a shot inflation over the years has changed
0: (laughs) you kind of flip flop that that's okay Uh, we get the (laughs) point um so this you know we're staying with the theme of day one magic kingdom attractions so as with everything we've talked about so far, it opened up on October 1st, 1971, and at the time, you know, technology's upgraded through the years, they've upgraded the guns. Uh, back then, you actually were shooting lead pellets. <laughs> yep. From from the right... They weren't playing around. No, no joke.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Disney uh, carnival games, they play for keeps.
0: Yeah. This, this was actually something where you could have been like Ralphie from A Christmas Story, and you could have shot your or someone else's eye out. So... <laughs> And not only
3: uh, did Disney have to worry about lawsuits of people shooting the eyes out, it was kind of expensive upkeeping this ride. Uh, This ride took two thousand gallons of paint a year when it came uh, come to repaint.
0: Yeah, so I was gonna I was gonna mention that that's crazy. So so what basically what you had was you're shooting pellets at metal targets, and the metal targets, you know picture, have you ever been to a Target? You know what a Target looks like. Um, Yep. Uh, (laughs) A big, big building with a red and white logo. That's exactly what it looked like. And so, you know, you're pinging these pellets off these metal targets. And of course it's chipping the paint, but Disney being Disney wants things to look like, basically they want everything you experience to almost be like it's day one. So they repaint those targets all the time, or they did back when they were using pellets. And you're right. 2000 gallons of paint a year, which is, Somewhat kind of, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, But, you know, as we've mentioned with some of the other day one attractions, it's not unique to the Magic Kingdom. Similar attractions exist in Disneyland as the Frontierland Shooting Exposition, in the Disneyland Park, Paris, as the Rustler Roundup Shooting Gallery, and in Tokyo Disneyland as the Westernland Shooting Gallery. So, Come
3: on, Tokyo Disneyland. You can do better than that. That's a, <laughs> that's a lazy name.
0: They all are somewhat lazy, really. They're, they're very on I mean, the nose. Yeah, they
3: really are. Come on, step it up, California and Paris.
0: Yeah. So, so let's take a step back and let's introduce it a little bit better. So, what is exactly the Frontierland Shooting Arcade? well basically it's an attraction where as Landon mentioned you walk up you pay a dollar they've got guns Pay money yeah real money but cash money put it on the table um, they've Do you got know Disney dollars work <laughs> I also, don't are think Disney so.
3: dollars still around no
0: they don't they don't they definitely don't take Disney dollars anymore it's a, it's one of those things that's like Prussian francs they've <laughs> they're no longer applicable um, uh,
3: so it has the same uh, value as a song
0: exactly. <laughs>
3: well, I don't know, what Disney, a song might get you far. It
0: might, it might. <laughs> uh, but you walk up, you put your money down, you get a, you get a rifle that's going to look like a, a rifle from the Old West, and you are shooting into a scene with 97 individual targets, and the scene that you're shooting at is set up to look like Tombstone, Arizona, in, over Boot Hill in 1850. So, um, and... In the scene, what you'll see is they've got, like, kind of scale models of a jail, a hotel, a bank. And and you actually, you're kind of looking from the perspective of the cemetery. I've always thought of it, when I think about it in my mind, it just, it's like you're in a cemetery shooting. Um, Well, that's... Yeah, I know, it is kind (laughs) of. You're shooting guns, and... So you paid
3: money to shoot people from the cemetery. I'm pretty sure there's a support group for you, buddy.
0: Yeah, well, I guess the stakes are somewhat low if you're shooting at people that have already passed, right? So I hadn't uh,
3: thought of that. Maybe (laughs) that makes you like a frontier ghostbuster
0: yeah actually i'm okay with that uh, yeah i'm down with that too um so but one of the things that makes this a little more fun and unique of course disney doesn't just leave it at you've got targets to shoot at and and some cool scenery to look at all of the targets are interactive so when you actually connect with a target if you are a crack shot as i hope that you are you're going to activate something in the scene it could be like Lighting effects, it could be sound. Usually there's going to be some sort of animation that's triggered when you hit those targets. So uh, so it makes it a little more fun. It gives you a little more incentive to try to, to, to nail um, each one of those targets and, and get a different result every time you do.
3: And that is cool. Uh, I mean, it's kind of weird now that uh, now that I hear you say that out loud. Disney kind of incorporated some of that stuff into some of their rides. I mean, you think about the Buzz Lightyear mm-hmm. ride where mm-hmm. it, you it, it's literally... You're in a cart and they move you through a shooting gallery. Yeah. And every time you hit a target, it'll light up or, or it'll do something.
0: Yeah. It, and, and just like uh, Toy Story Mania as well.
3: There you go. Exactly. Toy Story Mania as well. And uh, uh, sticking with other uh, theme parks, if we want to stay in the Orlando area, the Men in Black ride over at Universal Studios.
0: Yeah. And actually, similar technology we hear is going to be incorporated into the dark ride that's going to be part of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge as well.
3: Ooh, that! Could, oh, my God. That could, that could be so cool. Yeah.
0: I've, I've well, heard a bunch of different things about that, not to get too off track but I have heard that there's a chance that it's like, you're going to be on one side or the other. So either like uh, the resistance or the first order. Um, I think that could be super cool, but we'll see how they execute it. But there will be some sort of a shooting game. In, in and then
3: Ridge. I'm going to be uh, in the middle. I'm going to be wearing my brown coat. So bring it on nerds.
0: <laughs> well, the brown coat would fit very nicely into tombstone, Arizona. So uh, one of the things you mentioned is we did start out with pellet guns in, in this attraction. And so uh, what so, could possibly go wrong, you know, you know, well, there was some risk involved, but also a lot more maintenance. Um, basically, I, I read that at night they they would spend a lot of time on not only the maintenance of of painting the targets, but also making sure that they that the guns were working and you know the pellets were being returned to where they need to be.
3: I hadn't even thought of the upkeep of the guns themselves. I mean, I made reference to the. Thousands of gallons of paint they had to use to, you know, uh, ma- manage the upkeep. But I, had, I hadn't even thought of the upkeep of the guns themselves. Yeah, this was, huh. When you when you lay it out like this, this seems like a very costly endeavor for Disney, even in a park where you know they have to do nightly and daily upkeep on, you know, roller coasters and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly.
0: But you're right, and it inspired them to upgrade the technology. So now, if you go visit the Fronten- Frontierland Shooting Arcade today. You will still have rifles that look very similar to the ones that you would have experienced on opening day, but these rifles are much more high tech. They're actually infrared light rifles now. So, all right. yeah, so that pretty much eliminates the the need to repaint targets. You won't need to do that, and these guns hold up a lot better. I don't know if you all have ever used like the guns back from the old NES where saying like the light gun, the light gun <laughs> using similar technology, those things last forever. I mean, it's not like
3: mm-hmm. they do. And, and and when I think Frontierland, I think infrared targets.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a it's a, it's a futuristic Frontierland.
3: Um, ah, so it is Firefly.
0: Yeah, exactly. If it, your like I said, your brown coat would fit in very well there. Shiny. Yeah. Um. So one of the things that you'll notice today is is it's kind of up on a platform. If you were to walk up to the Frontierland shooting arcade. Um, you're, you know, you've got kind of a covered area where there's a long counter where all the guns are laid out. You'll also see they've got kind of a penny press area that's set up over there. I don't know. You know, there's some people out there who love to co- collect those pressed pennies with the various, um, you know, Mickey characters Im- embossed onto the pennies. Uh, so that's something that you could do there as well. But, um. What, basically, as I mentioned, so now the the targets work the same way. They're infrared guns, but when you, sh- you when you shoot the target, it lights up, makes a sound. Um, I think people are attracted to this for a couple of reasons. I think that the you know the kind of the motion of the things that are moving in there, the lights, the sounds, it's going to pull people to it, draw them to it. People like to have something interactive and be able mm-hmm. to actually affect the things. I think, which is exactly what we mentioned about things like Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin and Toy Story Mania. You like to feel like you're a part of it and you're interacting with the attraction. And, and let's face it, most Disney attractions to date, you, you're you a passive observer. You know, you're, you're riding along, going through the environment, but you're really just watching. Um, this is something where you can actually get involved and you actually can, um, you know, affect what you're seeing. So I think that's attractive. But the other thing is, you know... People like video games and they like scoring points and getting achievements. I've mentioned I'm that way yeah. as well, so it works, and you know, so so the attraction still stands to this day.
3: So. I mean, you talk about it works, and I mean, to me, it's like once I'm in the park, I don't want to spend another dollar to get in an attraction because I feel like that's cheating. But at the same time, clearly, I'm clearly I'm in the minority on this because it's continued since it, uh, day one and it continues to be successful. So, I mean, I, I do think that there is a place for an attraction like this. For me, not so much, but I mean, like, clearly I'm not the target, or I'm apparently not the target market for this, and, and there is an audience for this, so. Like I, I'm not going to come and rain on anybody's Main Street parade on this. So uh, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to go do the uh, shooting galleries at Disney, go for it. But to me, it's like I, I don't know. It kind of feels like I I know I've talked about this previously on on other podcasts. It's like when I'm when I'm in the park, I only have so much time, and I want to be either on a roller coaster or standing in line for a roller roller coaster. And this just to me, it's like it's a carnival ride. No, it's not even a ride. It's a carnival attraction.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of surprised they don't have somebody out barking for it, you know, to be honest, because seriously, they should, I
3: mean, like just fully embrace the carnival aspect of
0: it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it does fit very well into the frontier land section. If you remember, I mean, it does.
3: Yes, yes, it does.
0: I can't, I can't speak from experience, but I have watched movies like back to the future. And I know when Marty was walking around in the old West, they actually had a shooting gallery. He participated (laughs) in there. So I have to imagine that that was based on actual events and that they used to do this sort of thing with real guns. So Yep,
3: confirmed right here on the deep dive, Disney <laughs> deep dive with the Dawes. The modern-day Disney man landed down. We can confirm, Back to the Future 3, based on true events.
0: That's right. So, mm-hmm. Landon, I know you mentioned before we started recording, this isn't something that you've ever done. Do, do you think that when you go back, like if you, if you had some time, say you were waiting on a, a fast pass to, to get on the Splash Mountain, you think you'd stop over, spend a dollar, and see if you could knock out a few of these targets?
3: is it my dollar or somebody else's dollar
0: it's your dollar
3: then no no i'm not because like i i love disney and i know i've said the most valuable piece of currency you have once you're inside the park is uh time don't don't think that i'm downplaying the actual monetary value of money when it comes to that because disney itself is not cheap so i'm gonna i'm gonna be hoarding my dollars
0: (laughs) you've you've already (laughs) you've already given them all the dollars you intend to give them for attractions in the park i guess
3: yeah, yeah, for attractions absolutely. For fun drinks, I'm I'm open to negotiation. Like like if y'all have some of them boozy infinity gauntlets, I'm all for that.
0: Yeah, you know, holler I, at your boy. We need to look into that cuz I don't think that's something you can get in the Walt Disney World Resort. I think it's only on in California, but I could be wrong about that.
3: Well, you know what? They they need to look to their you know california brethren and realize a good idea when they're looking at it because dang it i want to spend upwards of 35 dollars for a boozy infinity column because you know (laughs) it's going to cost that much oh yeah easy like like, this is not going to be cheap like i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to get a third part-time job and a mortgage to afford it
0: (laughs) yeah this is this isn't a churro buttercup this is (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh but anyway, um, yeah, I don't I don't know that there's much more to say about the Frontierland shooting arcade. I would just say for myself, I think it's something that I hope it I hope they keep things like this in the park, not just because it was a day one attraction, but because it's unique. And I, I like the fact that Disney offers different kinds of experiences.
3: Is it unique, though? Because it's like I feel like, I've, like I like I admit it. I've never been to this. But I've been to one very similar at Dollywood in East Tennessee, and I'm willing to bet it's not that different.
0: Well, yeah, that's a good point. What I mean to say is inside the Disney Resort. Okay, it's, it's I, follow unique, I follow you. Okay. All I don't, right. Yeah, I don't want everything that I encounter in, in the Magic Kingdom to be a dark ride or a roller coaster. I, want, I, I like the variety. I like the option to do okay, a couple of different things. You. Yeah, and, and I do feel like there's good reason for that, not just because you yourself have to appreciate all the different attractions but because different people enjoy the park in different ways and so for some people it, it might be a fun thing that they do every time and so I I'm more in line with you in that you know it's not something I've done in a very very long time uh, but at the same time if my kids said hey can we go over here and shoot some of these targets yeah I'd be fine with that no problem so but
3: also on the flip side like are you really gonna be that big of a bad guy like if your kids ask you to do something (laughs) at disney no you
0: ask them you ask them absolutely i'll say no no get back in line (laughs) for that tower of terror i'm paying for the big dollar attractions Not for that is to,
3: true. You did reduce every member of your family to tears, to tears. The last time y'all I went. I did.
0: Again, if you want pointers, oh my pointers, God, you are a Disney villain. If you want, if you want pointers on how not to do Disney <laughs> with a family, just uh, yeah, hit, hit me up. <laughs> that that email is Monday Monorail at gmail.com, and I will tell you all about how to do it. Um, Dear
3: Lord, and forward it to Child Protective Services.
0: Y'all.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who makes people cry at Disney? Other than drunk people, which I mean, thank God we have the dapper dance form.
0: That's right. So that's a nice teaser. So I think uh, we'll wrap this one up for today. Next week, we're going to be talking a little bit about another unique kind of attraction and day one attraction in the in the parks. Landon may have already mentioned it, but I'm just going to leave it out there as who knows? It could be that. It could be something else. So, you know what we call
3: that in the business?
0: I think it's called a teaser. Oh, yeah. All right. So for now... If you guys want to hear more from Landon, you know where to do it. You can go to his website. That's buttmunchchips.com. There you can find all of the content that our dear friend Landauz puts out onto the interwebs. He's got a couple podcasts that you might be interested in, Near Fall Radio and Got Talk, which is a podcast all about Game of Thrones, the HBO award-winning series that's on hiatus, and who knows when it'll come back. But when it does, you'll get more episodes of that. Until then, you can follow him on Twitter. That's at Landau's. Landon, thank you for joining me again.
3: Well, shoot, fire, partner. It was my pleasure. Shee
0: welcome back to the Monday morning monorail. I hope you enjoyed m 34 d and the Frontierland shooting arcade. Now that's not something we did when we went to Walt Disney World the last time and I think I mentioned this when Lana and I were talking but that was mostly because I was interested in scooting us all along to the next thrill ride or oh my running across the park and yes. I wasn't really taking the time.
1: My feet hurt. <laughs> so
0: I've done it before. I've done it a long time ago but I guess I didn't I didn't allow us to fully appreciate some of those things.
2: Is it really worth it? I mean, it's a, just a dollar
0: for 35 shots. And it's a fun little thing to do.
2: Yeah, but you know, you can kind of do those at um, those uh, carnivals that come to town. Yes,
0: see Lena was saying that too. I still think that experiencing something like that in Walt Disney World is it's just nice to have variety in the park. You don't want every single experience to be exactly the same and everybody likes spending their time doing a little th- a little different kind of thing, so I think it's I
2: feel like when we did see it, we didn't really see anyone playing.
0: Oh, I don't remember.
2: I wonder how often it's visited.
0: Well, it's popular enough that they keep it open. Good. Okay. All right. Today, I wanted to kick off a series that we're going to do, and this is going to be all about helping you to plan your perfect Walt Disney World vacation. Now, there's a lot of ways to go about this, and so we're going to try to cover all of these different categories of all the things that you need to think about. At the end, I'm going to lay out a challenge for this group because we're actually going to, by the end of this, we're going to build our own, based on a certain budget amount, our own perfect Disney World vacation. And it'll be fun to kind of keep track of that and see where we end up. But, you know, the Walt Disney Resort is one of the most popular tourist destinations in the world, hosting over 40 million guests annually.
2: Not surprising. It sits what? on...
0: huh? That's a lot. Yeah. It sits on approximately 25,000 acres of land, which is 39 square, square miles just south of Orlando. And here are the things you have to choose from when you go to the Walt Disney World Resort four theme parks, two water parks, more than 140 restaurants, a shopping, dining, and entertainment district called Disney Springs, the Boardwalk, the ESPN Wild Wars World of Sports facility, 17 resort hotels, 11 vacation club properties, four golf courses two mini golf courses, spas, and opportunities for boating, fishing, camping, and even horseback riding. There really is something for everybody at the Walt Disney World Resort, so it's no wonder travelers of all ages flock to the happiest place on earth every year. But planning a trip to Walt Disney World can be overwhelming, not only for first-timers but the experienced Walt Disney World guest, and you might have questions like, where do you start? Where should you stay? How long should you stay? And how do you make the most of your trip? And most importantly, How much is this going to cost me? As usual, the right answer is typically it depends, but with the series that we're about to start, we're going to try to help you break it down into small manageable pieces that should help you on your quest to plan the perfect Disney vacation for you and your family. So here's a breakdown of what we're going to cover in this series budgeting for your trip, determining how long you want to stay, determining what type of time of year you want to visit, whether or not you want to stay on or off property, which resort is right for you? How to pick the right park ticket? Should you fly or drive? Meal planning, advanced dining reservations, FastPass Plus selections, determining if you should rent a car, and what to pack, among other things. That's a lot of questions to consider right there, and I don't even know if I've covered everything in that list. The first piece that we're going to talk about is establishing a budget for the Walt Disney World vacation, and I guess there's a couple different ways you could think about this. One, one, one would say... You could actually kind of put this at the end and make this the last thing that you think about because, you know, everything that you choose is going to affect your budget up to the point where you have to determine, all right, now how much do I need to save? But I personally think putting it on the front end makes a little more sense because it it, gives
2: you a realistic idea of what you can and can't do.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to limit you and you're not you're going to be less likely to overspend. I think if you set that guideline at the beginning yeah so I think that makes it important once you establish your budget you're gonna see that that's gonna really help you inform a lot of these other decisions so here's some stats I thought were kind of interesting according to an article on travel agent central from July of last year the average American family spends about two thousand dollars on summer vacations each year so if you compare that to the median household income in the United States which was reported as $59,059 last year A vacation makes up about 3% of that income. According to Credit Donkey, which is an interesting website, but they seem to have a lot of stats and facts and figures, the average vacation costs about $1,145 per person or $4,580 for a family of four. That amounts to about 8% of the median household income. A Time.com article from May of last year put together a sample Walt Disney World vacation assuming a four-night stay in the late summer at a value resort and purchasing the basic dining plan and a four-day park hopper for each guest. The family of four would be looking at a total cost of around $4,885. This is just a little bit above that number that Credit Donkey quoted at 4580 So what does this mean? It means Walt Disney World vacations are probably going to cost you a little bit more than your annual trip to somewhere like Hilton Head. Yeah. Yeah. It means you need to go in with your eyes wide open and plan appropriately. You can certainly adjust some of the choices that you make and how you allocate the money that you wanna spend. It's really gonna be based on priorities. Maybe maybe your priority is signature dining, maybe it's an upgraded room, maybe more park days. But whatever it is, you can make it happen. You just need to plan and try to plan as far in advance as possible. Determine what your total budget should be and start setting a little bit aside every month if you can. It's much easier to like put a little money into a savings account every month rather than have that hit all at once when the vacation comes.
1: It'll eventually build up.
0: And it'll eventually build up, that's right. And if you prefer, you can buy Disney gift cards as a method of saving as opposed to putting that money in a savings account where you might be tempted to dip into it.
2: But would Disney gift cards work at a hotel? They do. Oh, okay.
0: Yep, you can use Disney gift cards for just about everything on property.
2: What can't you
1: use them for?
0: Um, I would have to research that, but I know you can use them at restaurants, hotels, shopping. That covers just about everything you would need.
1: Yeah, I'd probably use it at shopping.
0: At shopping.
1: Like transportation, maybe?
0: Well, I don't... See, that's a good one. So if you're staying on property, of course, you've got access to a lot of free transportation. It probably wouldn't go to the minivans, but everything else it would. I mean, because you wouldn't need to pay for the rest of the transportation. Right. Yeah. And that's another factor. I mean, you know... Making the choice to stay on property might cost you a little bit more, but you do get a lot of perks. Yeah. And you know, for us, I think we prefer to kind of stay inside the Disney bubble. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking around to make sure that I'm speaking appropriately for the family. Yeah. Even though you might be able to save a few dollars staying off property, but you might have to rent a car and you have to do some other planning if you do that sort of thing. Here are the things that I think you ought to really prioritize when you're setting your budget. Travel costs. And what I mean by that is whether to fly or drive, hotel accommodations, Park admission, dining, and souvenirs. If you prioritize those five things, put them in the order that's most important to you, that'll help you make those decisions about how you're going to allocate the money. Of course, one of the biggest cost saving strategies is to drive rather than fly, but not everybody really lives in driving distance. Right. And it only really makes sense if you don't live like half a country away, but it can be a big time saver. But you have to balance that against time spent because. Uh, I mean, you have to balance the dollar saved against time spent because really we've talked about it. We say it all the time in the segment, you know, M3, 4D that we do with Landon where when you're on Disney property, one of your most valuable currencies is time. So if it, it, you know, takes you 10 hours to drive to Disney, 10 hours to drive back, that's a whole day of vacation.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, But the savings for a family of four really does. Yeah. That.
0: Well, exactly. So I think that's where you have to kind of do that math in your head and say, well, it's going to cost the difference is this. And that money is money we could put, put towards something like a fancy dinner yep. or something like that. Yeah. You also have to think about priorities in terms of hotels. Are you a person who's really going to spend all your time in the theme parks? Cause if that's the case, maybe you just need a place to lay your head and you're not that interested in anything too fancy or, or all the amenities that a place can offer. But maybe you do want a place that has access to a spa or maybe you want to be on the monorail loop or something like that if you stay on disney property of course they have three hotel tiers to choose from value moderate and deluxe you can always camp at the Fort Wilderness Resort. Yeah, I've actually um,
2: talked to people who've done that yeah. and uh, took a tent and camped, and they said that they have the biggest mosquitoes in Florida <laughs> of all time, and they got eaten alive. Yeah. Like, it, it was miserable for them. Okay, and so it's you hot. need
0: to allocate some of your budget to just, citronella?
2: Yeah, just make sure you understand it's really hot um, and bugs are crazy there.
0: Yeah. So, and then, like I said though, you can save a lot of money if you want to stay off property, you can do vacation rental homes. you can you can actually also rent um, DVC points if you want to stay in one of the DVC rooms. and sometimes that'll end up getting you into like a deluxe resort for cheaper than if you just paid for a regular room. Yeah, so mm. so that's another option as well. you know and the, and the difference is you know if let's say let's say like we're doing, we're going down in July, we're staying at Pop Century, which is a value resort. and we got a rate of about 135 a night. Well, if you were to stay at a deluxe resort and we looked at it, you know, those prices can be, can they can start for like a basic room, like $400 a night. You really are saving a lot of money, but you have to think about what's important to you at a hotel. Right. The other thing you have to really think about is how long you want to stay and what you want to accomplish while you're there. So a lot of things to consider, like do you want to go to all four parks? Are you interested in going to one of the water parks or both? Or maybe playing golf, maybe doing some fishing or horseback riding, like I mentioned all of these things you have to consider when you're when you're thinking about what you want to accomplish for your trip and how long you want to stay and and that's going to inform, you know, how much you're comfortable with spending. But but I think like I said, I think step 1 is really to set the budget and make sure that you stay within that budget. You know, just say this is how much I'm comfortable with spending. This is how much, you know, I can afford to spend on my vacation. I'm not going to go above this. And I think you'd be very surprised if you start there and work your way backwards. Yeah. Um, how much you can actually do. It's just you do have to be willing to make some compromises yeah. along the way.
2: Ramen noodles for two months before you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, don't mess. I don't like ramen.
0: <laughs> so on future episodes, we're going to go in depth on everything we mentioned um, kind of at the beginning here. Where to stay, how long to stay, what kind of tickets to buy, where to eat, all of that. To make it more interesting though i really do think it would be fun for all of us to kind of take this scenario and say okay i'm gonna set our budget at five thousand, which is actually pretty high as i as i told you the average vacation for a family not going to disney is closer to the the two thousand dollar range mm-hmm. but then the according to that time.com article it was closer to five thousand. so we're gonna say five thousand. And as a
2: pretty good budget, that's a
0: very good budget. That's a, that's probably more than a lot of people can afford.
2: Yeah. That's, um, that's going to be a nice vacation.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely, you know, trips to Disney for most of us don't happen every single year. So it's something you, you usually do have more than a year to plan for and start saving for and you probably need it. But, but that's what we're going to start with. And then we're going to design our very own Disney trip as we go. So we're all going to get to pick the hotels that we would stay at, how long we would stay, um, what all we would do while we were there, and all that sort of thing. So I think that's going to be pretty fun to see what the four of us, who have very different priorities and, mm-hmm. and ideas and personalities, what we're going to come up with.
2: I don't think that anyone's going to like mine, because I'm always reminded the kids won't have fun there.
0: <laughs> so What they, do we say that about?
2: Well, I wine like going things? To, yeah, <laughs> the wine things. <laughs> I want to go to all the wine stuff. How much did our first trip as a family cost to go to Disney? I think we were right around 3000 It was a
0: little over 3000 is what we spent. And we, we stayed at the Art of Animation, and we stayed for six nights?
2: Yeah. I mean, we did a pretty good trip.
0: But um, we didn't do, like, signature dining every day.
2: No. We um, we, we ate we, a lot
0: of counter service. Yeah. We definitely quick did.
2: And we didn't eat. I think we only did one really nice dinner. Like a like a fancy, because we went to the Animal Kingdom. Well, Lodge. Sanaa
0: was nice, Sanaa. but Beer Garden was just as expensive. That's
2: true. So we did too. Yeah. But um, the rest of it, I mean, we ate at good places, but it wasn't like we went all out or anything.
0: Yeah. Our signature dining was, or our ADRs were for um, Sanaa, uh, Beer Garden, and then we also went to the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater. Did we go anywhere? That was did cool. We, did we have reservations for anywhere else on that trip? I don't think so. We didn't at Magic Kingdom. Mm-mm.
2: Um, no, because we didn't get the lobster roll.
0: Right. And at, and at Animal Kingdom we didn't make plans to, but our kind of our Animal Kingdom dinner was Sanaa. So yeah, yeah I think that was it. And we didn't we didn't really eat anywhere at Disney Springs. Mm-mm. So
2: yeah, we did it um, a little cheaper, but at that time that's what we needed to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, it worked for us. But we were able to do six days in the parks. Yeah. Uh, for that price. Six nights, six days in the parks. Or five, was it five days in I the parks? I think we
2: have five days in the parks. Yeah,
0: because we did one in each park, and then we did a split day with Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Right. That's what we did. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's why um, Justin ran the family like crazy, because he every day we were there, he wanted to get everything done. I did. So.
0: I did. And we Even still didn't. If it
2: made our feet into puddles of blood.
0: <laughs> there were definitely some casualties of war on that trip.
2: Yeah. We'll also talk about what not to do on a trip during this trip planning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, do you think this is a, would you also recommend kind of starting with limiting yourself with, with a budget, like determining how much you're comfortable with, how much you can afford to spend and, and building it from there? Or do you think it makes more sense? Am I wrong in starting us that way? Do you think it makes more sense to say, well, I know I want to spend this many days in the parks I know I want to stay at this kind of hotel. And then seeing what that's going to cost you and then trying to make the choice.
1: Mm-mm. I think I do it before and then uh, tweak it Tweak it if you need after.
0: to. Okay. I
1: think okay. it just depends on how much money you have to spend in the first place. Yeah. If you do it before or after.
0: I, I was kind of thinking, you know, when I think about Disney, I was... I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, Like, what would be... If you wanted to try to do everything, what would be the optimum length of time to stay? I really think you need to stay stay at least, like, eight or nine nights.
2: I feel like I'd be so tired of doing all of that, But what I'm
0: saying is, like, if you did that, there's time for rest days and time to kind of take it slow and take it easy, and it wouldn't... It wouldn't be just go 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 because if yeah. you only stay five or six nights and you want to try to do everything, there's just no way. And, or maybe the other piece of advice is just understand you can't do everything. <laughs> I
2: think that's in what is trip. the most important yeah. thing. Is these parks are big and uh, families get tired, so find what people really want to do. Make sure that they get to do it, especially if it's eating a lobster roll. And then uh, make that happen. You don't have to do everything, though. Yeah. Especially if you're working from a budget.
0: Right. If you if you try to make it a little more reasonable in terms of budget, you can probably, you know, take more frequent Disney trips. Yeah. You know, you don't break the bank on one that you're paying off for several years. Maybe you go, you can go every other year or every, you know. Yeah. Every year, maybe. So, anyway. All right. Well, that's where we will start. Um you know, as we go through this, of course, I'd love to hear your thoughts, our faithful listener out there. I'd love for you to interact with us on this. Tell us what your strategies are. What are your favorite tips and tricks? Like I said, this series is probably going to take us several episodes. I'm thinking probably, probably at least five or six yeah. to get through all of it. And uh, I think it's going to be really fun to to go through all of this. So, hopefully, you'll stick with us through it. I just want to say thank you all again for always interacting with us. We have such fun keeping the conversation going throughout the week on Twitter. So I hope that we get to continue to do that. If you have any questions, any suggestions for future shows, any feedback for us, please share it and we'll give you a shout out here just as we did for the TTA travelers. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for today. Thank you all so much for joining us. We look forward to speaking to you again on next week's show.
1: Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Peace out.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week.